Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Unfortunate Sandwich Podcast. I am your host, Isami Dane, and in today's episode, I'm actually going to start out our chat. So you can always send me questions. The email address for this podcast is theunfortunatesandwich at gmail.com. Again, that's theunfortunatesandwich at gmail.com. Message comes from Anonymous. They said, I've listened to your inner child episode twice and have been near tears both times. It feels really familiar to me and frankly shocking. I was wondering if you have any resources that could ease me into this concept that I might share with my therapist. Thank you for the podcast. Well, thank you for listening, Anonymous. I really appreciate that. Um, As far as materials are concerned, when my therapist and I went over the inner child theory, she recommended a book to me, but it didn't really have much to do with inner child. She recommended this book called The Body Keeps Score. It's more for like PTSD. Um, It is a New York Times bestseller. So it's The Body Keeps Score brain, mind, and body in the healing of trauma. It is uh, a book that she had recommended to me. I am reading through a book right now and it's called It Didn't Start With You. This book specifically, at least from the review that I read, tells me that it does talk about inner child work. So that is why I'm reading through this. I haven't gotten to that part just yet. I would say most therapists do have a background in some sort of inner child work studies, uh, depending on when they got their degree. I do know it's not that new of a subject, but it's not like something that was around like 40 years ago, as far as I'm aware. At least that's what my therapist told me. If you bring it up, they may actually already know about it and be able to give you some really, really good insight. As I always say on these shows, I am not a licensed therapist. I'm just giving you my perspective and and my thoughts on that. But I really appreciate you asking that question because no doubt somebody else has probably wondered the same thing too. And if you guys want to reach out to me, please feel free to do that at any time. The unfortunate sandwich at gmail.com. Again, that's the unfortunate sandwich at gmail.com. As I always say, please preface your email by stating your name is anonymous, at least somewhere in the email. That way I know you don't want me to read your first name. Today's episode is actually about, oh gosh, here we go. Halloween. Halloween, the evilest holiday on the planet. (laughs) The day people worship Satan, sacrifice their babies, drink the blood of their firstborns, and uh, of course cast spells and completely lose their minds. Yep, exactly what I'm talking about, Halloween. If we haven't been friends for a while, you're probably really confused, like, I thought that was your favorite holiday. (laughs) Uh, If you've known me for a while, you do know that that statement is dripping in sarcasm. It has absolutely sunk at this point. My favorite holiday is Halloween for a number of reasons. It's actually quite liberating to me as an adult. I'll get into that later. I don't know about you guys. I was raised in a home where Halloween was the absolute worst of the worst holidays you could possibly celebrate. I mean, don't even get me started on St. Patrick's Day. That was bad in our home too as well. Halloween for whatever reason was an evil holiday and I get it. Okay. I, I, I can understand it's it's got some scary stuff. You know, people decorate with ghosts and goblins and all that. You might not be a fan. I get it. One thing I never understood was the idea of growing up in a religious home, not being allowed to celebrate Halloween because it was considered pagan, but being allowed to celebrate 
Christmas and Easter. I never understood that considering both originated as pagan holidays. I celebrate all three. I mean, like (laughs) the more celebrations, the better in my book. I never understood that. I was like, okay, we're allowed to have a Christmas tree. Uh, We're allowed to have a steeple on our church, which if you don't know the origin of a steeple on your church, look it up. It's quite hilarious. It is definitely not kid-friendly of a description. We're allowed to do all these things, yet Halloween is the evilest of evil holidays never ever understood that and you could probably already guess that Harry Potter was completely outrolled in our home which it is now one of my favorite series of movies just because I, I just think it's super cool and teaches great life lessons. I definitely wasn't allowed to have Harry Potter anything in the home. Pokemon was definitely of the devil. You know, Pikachu and his his little round beady eyes had to definitely be demonic somehow. We were not allowed to watch Pokemon in any way, but we were allowed to watch Cinderella, Little Mermaid, every single Disney movie you could think of. It was okay, except for uh, those things. So I never understood that. A lot of double standards in the home, and I was also allowed to watch sex scenes from movies when I was five. <laughs> someone please explain. I I have never been able to break through that one. Maybe you can write me an email and explain the theory behind that. I have no idea, but if someone can explain that to me, that would solve like 50% of my life's questions. I'm just kidding. No, but at least a part of them, a good fraction of them, but allowed to watch and sex scenes from shows, which by the way, we should probably disclose this episode with a trigger warning. Uh, I know it's going to be in the title somewhere, but let's do that right now off the bat. If at any point in this episode you feel uncomfortable or don't feel like you should be listening to this anymore, please, please, please click out of this episode. Your mental health is far more important than a watch, listen, or subscriber count following what all the things, okay? You're definitely worth more than that and your mental health is far more important. I doubt we'll get anything too graphic Uh, since we're just talking about Halloween, but I do understand religious trauma can be triggering. It it is. So take care of yourselves, guys, and look after yourselves. That's genuinely what I care about most. So please, please, please do that for yourself. So definitely no Halloween was allowed. Um, I, I wanted to share with you kind of a funny but sad experience that I had growing up. So I always wondered, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just going to say it, Hallelujah Fest is the exact same thing as having a trunk or treat indoors. <laughs> I said it, drop the mic, okay? It is the exact same thing. Yes, it might be in a contained area at a church, but literally you are sending kids off to different booths to gather candy. Yes, there is a Bible story, but it is the exact same thing. Surprisingly, we were allowed to go to some of those growing up, uh, depending on what churches we were visiting, if they had those going on. We were allowed to go to their hallelujah nights. Uh, Some places did allow them to dress up, some places did not. Our parents never allowed us to dress up at any point because they said that would be celebrating Halloween. Yeah, we're already doing it anyway. That was my extent of Halloween experience growing up. You know, I was always sad because especially when I came to the States, this is like in the 90s, when I'm, you know, elementary school age, when we would come to visit, I would see these kids talk about their trick-or-treating with their family, and I was always told it was bad, so I'd be like, well, that's a, a bad holiday, and they'd be like, no, I got a lot of candy, and it was a lot of fun, and parents would use their scare tactics of, well, there's razor blades in the apples, and I'm thinking, first of all, who hands out apples? Please don't do that. No kid's going to want to come back to your house ever again. Unless you're a dentist's office, do not hand out apples. That's just cruel. My parents would always talk about these drugs, and 
razor blades and the candy and apples, which I understand that did happen in the 90s where parents didn't check the candy or they would have opened packages, which really, quite frankly, is not smart, that kids would get from strangers and it would have drugs or razor blades in there. So I understand that as a safety tactic, but they would use all of those things, every single bad thing they could think of as a scare tactic to make me terrified of that holiday. They did that with everything else too, whether it was you know, making friends or the fact that we didn't go to a normal school. I've talked about this before. I was homeschooled from K-5 to 12th grade and my parents constantly used a scare tactic of every single kid that didn't get homeschooled or didn't go to a Christian school would end up on drugs and addicted to alcohol and whatnot. There was constantly scare tactics in my home, which the irony that it's on Halloween, (laughs) you're kind of celebrating it there, mom. It's already happening. You're the scary one. There was always these scare tactics. So when kids would talk about candy they got or they went trick-or-treating with their parents, I would just be immediately, why would you do that? That's terrible. You're going to get poisoned or no, that's such a bad holiday. Me at eight years old having no idea. That's not true. That's not what happens when kids go trick-or-treating, at least in most cases. So I was raised in this mentality that it was just the worst holiday on planet earth. And I grew up believing that. I really did. It actually wasn't until after I was married that I finally let loose and was like, well, hold up. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think I might be wrong. And now it is literally my favorite holiday. The first time I ever questioned if my parents philosophy behind this might be a little twisted. There was one evening we were actually coming back from, I can't remember if it was church or grocery shopping. It was Halloween night and it was in Japan. And honestly, kids didn't really celebrate Halloween in Japan until like the early 2000s. It was a tradition brought back from America and our culture embraced it, now fully adopted it as a a holiday. It wasn't really that popular in the 90s. And I would say it was more popular uh, or starting to get popular in the early 2000s. When I was a really little kid, you couldn't even go to the grocery store to buy Halloween candy because they did not celebrate it. It just wasn't part of our culture. And then as I grew up a little bit more, like 11, 12, 13, I started seeing it more. Grocery stores, supermarkets would have Halloween candy and their stores that are like equivalent to our Walmart Target over here, they started carrying Halloween costume. Um, this is when we still lived in Yokota. There were these kids out trick-or-treating. It was the neighborhood kids hanging out with their friends, just in the hallway of our apartment eating candy. Nothing harmful, just being kids. There were three of them, they were being safe, and they had gone trick-or-treating. They are probably like 12, just being kids. My mom got up in their faces yelled at them in Japanese and said, in her broken Japanese accent, which means we don't do Halloween. Literally, that is the trash, chancel, trash, it is trash, okay? I'm not even going to edit that out. It is trash. That is the literal translation, we don't do Halloween. And she got up in this kid's face, 12-year-old kid, okay? And yelled at him. Now, if I was that kid's parent, I would definitely not want my kid around that lady. She might be a little dangerous. She might be the razor blade lady. I don't know. The kid looked so sad. And I just remember he looked at his friends and he looked like he was about to cry. Imagine a grown woman getting in a kid's face and yelling while you're trying to eat your candy with your friends. First of all, that's humiliating. And second of all, 
it was public property. He wasn't like sitting on our porch. He was sitting in the hallway of our apartment and it was a community space. Like he was allowed to be there. He didn't do anything wrong and he didn't even talk to her. He didn't approach her. She just started yelling at him. And after we came home, my dad was like parking the car. He would do that where he'd drop us off at the elevator and we would take the elevator up and we'd go home and then he'd walk up the stairs after. He came home and my mom was just so proud of what she had just done. And she was like, I told the neighbor kids to to not do Halloween. He's like, that's good. And I remember seeing their interaction. Like He was so proud of her. And I was so embarrassed. My sister talked with me after that because we shared a bedroom at the time. And she also thought the same. We talked about it after my parents. She was saying that, you know, that wasn't, that just didn't seem very nice. And uh, I told her, you know, I, I don't think it was right either. And to this day, I can't get that memory out of my head of my mom literally screaming at a 12-year-old. We didn't have the phrase Karen back in the day, but if it was coined, that would be the prime example. I started to wonder if maybe my parents' interpretation of Halloween may have been wrong. So, of course, into my teen years, I was very isolated, so there was really nothing going on and you know I never trick-or-treated when I was a kid so I never went to Halloween parties as a teenager never hung out with friends or watched scary movies none of that and I kind of carried that same mentality with me into college actually the college I went to we were not allowed to celebrate Halloween in any way we could get demerits if we were dressed in Halloween colors on Halloween I'm not kidding you so if it was October 31st and you wore orange and black you were probably going to get a call up to the the dean's office uh, for wearing Halloween colors, which were not glorifying to the Lord and not setting an exemplary example of our college and representing the countercultural lifestyle of the world surrounding. Did I do a good job? I don't know. (laughs) That was basically the speech we would get if we um, decided to do any form of Halloween at all. Now that I look back, it's kind of sad. Considering our dress code rules were extremely strict, it's not that anyone was going to be like wearing a sexy costume anyway. So we're not allowed to celebrate Halloween at this college, so I just kind of kept those ideas. And even into our first few years of marriage, I did not celebrate Halloween at all. It wasn't that I was mean to trick-or-treaters or anything. I think it was like the first year or two after we were married, I just like turned out the light and just chilled at home, refused to watch any scary movies, and told myself that it wasn't a Christian holiday, which obviously it's not. Or some people say it is. I don't know. I'm in the camp that I don't think it is. I just have fun with the day. It's just my perspective. Yeah, I didn't do anything. And then about year three, year three or four, I would make bags of candy and just have like little um, encouraging Bible verses or something in them. And honestly, the first time I handed out candy to trick-or-treaters, it was a lot of fun. And I never realized how much fun, obviously it's way pre-COVID, it's like 2014. First time in my life, I realized how much fun Halloween could be. I'm like, oh, this is great. The families are out with their kids. They're having a blast. Both their parents are out with them or their older siblings are taking them out. This is great family bonding time and realized that it could be a positive experience. So I started handing these 
candy and gifts out. And then ever since then, I've just really never stopped and I really enjoyed it. I have started dressing up for Halloween. I would say the first time I did it four years ago, something like that. It wasn't that I didn't want to. I just didn't know why I wanted to spend $80 on a costume that I was only going to wear for one night. I'm cheap, guys. I'm sorry. Now that I've started crafting my own and putting outfits together, I have a lot more fun with it. So I do go all out. If you look at my house right now, everywhere you turn, there are going to be bats. There are going to be pumpkins. There are going to be (laughs) everything. All you name it, if it's Halloween, it's going to be there. I'm still not a fan of like hanging dead body parts from your, you know, those like rubber zombie dead brain things. It's not that I'm against it. It's just I know me, just because I know I will spook myself out thinking that is somebody literally hanging their feet down from my roof when I take out the trash at night. (laughs) That's the only reason why I don't do that. I really like skulls though. I really like them and I have a ton of skull decorations. I'm also fascinated with human anatomy, so I think that's why I like them so much. If I could, I would have a full not real, but a full skeleton as decor in my house. I'm just weird like that. Just fascinated with the human brain, fascinated with the human anatomy. I think it's the coolest thing ever. So Halloween time, schools are out, definitely. And I just love decorating for it. I I did mention at the beginning of this podcast, I would explain to you guys why it's my favorite holiday. Not only is it fun, and you can just eat as much candy as you want and not feel guilty about it. From somebody that had anorexia for like, gosh, six years, nearly almost killed her. Um, This is a good holiday for me, guys. This is like a recovery win for me in so many ways. But also, it's quite liberating because my parents never had the opportunity to destroy this holiday. So other than the fact of my mom yelling at the kids, we never celebrated it as a family. So there was no family fights around it. There's no memories that I have for my parents to mess that up for me. So in some ways, I guess it was a blessing in disguise that we didn't celebrate Halloween because I have now one holiday where my parents did not touch it and it's a really good day for me now. Christmas is a really tough one for me. It hasn't been until the last two years that I've really enjoyed celebrating Christmas. I would decorate, yes, but as far as Christmas Day and the idea of being with family, it scared me. Even if it was with good family that are not the people that raised me. There were some days, guys, I'd be at church and the band would be singing Christmas carols or Christmas songs, even if they were modern worship revised versions, and I would literally have to walk out because I would start crying. Christmas was just a rough one. And thankfully with therapy, it's gotten to become a more positive time of year for me. It is still difficult. I definitely enjoy it a lot more than I used to. So Halloween, though, had no negative memories associated, at least with spending time with family. So I really enjoyed that. And to me, in so many ways, it's just a time of year where I can recover so many lost childhood memories. And what I mean by that is make new ones for myself that I never got to have. So good things about being a kid, whether it's little things like enjoying candy or dressing up or spending time with friends. love the fact that I get to be a kid again in a safe place 
in a good way and create positive memories. I guess it is part of that inner child work. You know, no matter how you celebrate Halloween, it's just important that you're staying safe. If you're going out with friends and you know you do decide to have a few drinks or your friend who is driving is having a few drinks, please take an Uber home. It is so important that you stay safe and have a good time during Halloween season. Major spoiler alerts if you haven't seen the show Squid Game, but I'm actually going to be one of the characters from there on Halloween. I did not buy licensed merch, so it didn't come with the numbers on the tracksuit. That's something I'm going to have to go to a craft store and get the iron-on numbers myself. So literally, I could be anyone from the games at this point. So I'm debating between two characters. So if you guys can help me decide, actually, <laughs> let me know. My haircut is okay enough to pass as player 240. I have bangs and short hair and my hair is brown. I just need to get like a fake nose piercing because my nose is not pierced. Which, how in the world did they let her keep that during the game? Somebody please explain. I thought they took everything from you. That could have been used as a weapon. Someone please explain that. Or player 067. Or both. I don't know. But yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts, guys. Either send me an email at the unfortunate sandwich. Um email address, or you can hang out with me on all of my socials at Mental Health Isami. Again, that is at Mental Health Isami. It's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, I'm on those as at Mental Health Isami. would love to hang out with you guys there. Uh, I should put a poll on there actually once this goes live and see what you guys think. Player 240, player 067, please let me know. But otherwise, it was great hanging out with you today. Thanks for playing with me. If you know, that's a quote from the show. But thank you guys for um, listening as always. I really enjoy having you guys here. And I will see you in another episode next week.